Welcome to the MetPro Method Podcast. I am your host, Crystal O'Keefe. Today, I am joined by MetPro coach Kat Ramirez, and we will be discussing stress eating. Thank you so much for joining me today, Kat. Thank you very much for having me. I love this subject, actually. It's something I talk about quite often with my clients. I'm happy we're covering it. I am happy we're covering it. So what do you feel like falls under the umbrella of stress eating and what doesn't? Sure. So a lot of times stress eating can be related to, I think of it in two different ways. One is going to be that mindless eating where we're just kind of like, we don't really know what to do with ourselves. So we eat. Yes. Um, and the other one is more related to using food as a comfort for anxiety or depression or stress that we're physically dealing with. And so we resort to things like, you know, some people go to alcohol, some people go to over-exercising, some people go to overeating. So stress eating can be a huge culprit in why people are either not able to manipulate their metabolism or they just don't really understand that they are stress eating. Like it's just, they just don't know. Yeah, I think for myself, it speaks very much to me when you say like that mindless eating because you don't know what else to do. Uh-huh. It took me years to realize that part of my emotional eating is when I feel anxiety starting to build, I will just like reach for something because that's soothing. And I'm mm-hmm. so anxious. I don't even think of it as like an emotional aspect or a, an emotional reaction. It's just I need to do something with all of that energy. And it's mm-hmm. it's kind of fascinating that we can come up with these coping mechanisms without even realizing it. And to that note, do you personally know what causes stress eating like from a physiological perspective? Sure, sure. So when we experience stress or anxiety in our life, the first reaction is that initial fight or flight kind of reaction. And that can actually stifle hunger because it throws you into that fight or flight. You're releasing epinephrine. Like, so then your hunger is, if you think of it like this, if a bear attacked you and you needed to run away, would you be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so stressed out right now. I just need to snack on these peanuts before I start running. Like (laughs) you would be like, no, "No, I would start running, shutting down. I need to get away from the bear. Right. So initially there's that, but when the stress is persistent, then what happens is your body releases another hormone, cortisol. And cortisol can actually motivate you to eat and create that hunger and the need for the coping. And then when we do eat certain things like sugary items, then we have like the dopamine effect, which is that feel good, right? Much in the same way that, you know, doing drugs or something, maybe it's not as drastic to some people, but it still releases that dopamine that gives us that like feeling good effect. And so physiologically, that's what's going on. Now, there's another thing that can happen too. Well, two other things. First of all, there are some people that don't understand the difference between thirst and hunger. And so they will feel like I'm hungry, but they're not. They're thirsty. I have a hard time with that. I never really get thirsty my whole life. I never have. And when I was pregnant, they'd be like, hey, drink 200, you know, whatever it is, ounces of water a day. And I was like, uh, like, I don't even have thirst, like, as a thing. Like, maybe if it's like 100 degrees and I just did a workout, I might be like, oh, I should, I'm thirsty. 
but I feel like I need to eat fruit instead of drink water. It's a thing that I've always had. And so what I have to do first is like, oh, you just ate, like this is probably thirst, so drink something. So that can happen. Another thing that can happen is when people are um, have like an oral fixation. So smokers, right? People like, I used to watch my dad do this all the time. My dad smoked forever. He smoked. And then he just one day stopped smoking cold turkey, which is great. But he replaced that with pistachios and gum and like salty snacks. So always, he always had in his hand like pistachios or something like that. Because he needed that sort of like oral fixation happening that he wasn't getting from the smoking, right? And so there's a couple different things that we can look at in terms of like, well, why is it happening? Do you have something from your past, like where you were a smoker or something like that? And now you just feel like you need to always be chewing on something. If you're in a particular season of your life, or you've just done something that would deplete your salt or deplete, like a lot of people be like, oh, I've just been craving chocolate or something like that. I I crave chocolate, right? Well, sometimes that could be a magnesium deficiency. So you're just deficient in magnesium and we can just take some magnesium and then you won't crave that chocolate. It's sometimes, right? But Mm -hmm. other times it's like, well, years and years, I've always had bedtime snacks or I always snack when I watch TV at night or whatever. That's a habit that you formed that your body feels like I need it. Just like I wake up in the morning and I have breakfast, like this is what I do before bed. I need that snack. I need it, right? And so it can be a number of different things. But when we're talking purely from like physiological perspective, right, it's that release of cortisol, a prolonged state of cortisol, the dreaded cortisol that everybody's always talking about that creates that like midsection weight gain the and spare you know, tire. And <laughs> yeah. And, and, and realistically, come on, we live in the United States in 2022. We are all hustling, coming out of a pandemic, transitioning from normal life to pandemic, being locked in at home to readjusting to being locked in with all the kids or homeschooling or whatever it is, adjusting to your new role. And then now like, oh, everything's open, go back and readjust and figure out what it is. Oh, wait a minute, there's more COVID, like shut it down. You know, (laughs) there's all these things where we're having like very tumultuous times right now. There's a lot going on in the world that I will talk to clients and, and certain events that are going on in the world weighing very heavily on them. They take them very personally and they internalize them. And so those are stressors. It's not just like, oh, I'm so stressed out at work or whatever. And of course, everybody's first solution is you need to take time to relax. Like, well, just relax a little bit. Is that realistic to tell somebody that's been stressed or anxious for the past 15 years of their life? Like, just relax. I I feel like (laughs) I feel like you don't even know what that means. If you've been stressed for that long, you don't even know Mm -hmm. what is relaxed. How does that even feel? And 
you can get addicted to those feelings of anxiety and stress. So like it mm-hmm. feels weird and off to be relaxed. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I've had some yep. things happen in my life that have been a little traumatic. And <laughs> there are times that when things are calm, I'm like, well, this isn't right. Let me let me let me exactly. make a mess. So I got to fix it. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, that's with a lot of people. I always would get made fun of because when things are just super chill, I feel very like, I don't know, like anxious inside. But then when the world is blowing up and people are in crises and a million things are happening all around me, I feel very calm and clear and focused and just very like, oh, peace. (laughs) I know how to handle this. I know how to navigate this. Yeah. Like, great. (laughs) Which makes you well equipped for certain things, right? As I work with a lot of men and women that are in military or doctors and stuff like that, unique way of being very calm in that chaos. And that's great for what they do. LEO, it's great for what they do. But then when they come out of that, then what does that look like? But we need to just even out a little bit and adjust. Yeah, that all makes sense. But how do you feel like people can kind of tell the difference in that moment of like, am I eating from stress? Am I hungry? Mm-hmm. Am, is this my cortisol level too high? Do I have a magnesium deficiency? Like, how do you think they right. can kind of parse that out? Sure. So a couple different ways. First of all, always talk to your coach. If you're a Met Pro concierge client, then you're just you're going to address these things with your coach and your coach is going to help you troubleshoot through that and maybe narrow in on a few things that are priority to kind of check off and go down the list. And then aside from that, are you exhibiting any actual hunger cues? Like when was the last time you ate? So is it feasible? You know, I ate an hour ago. Really? Are you hungry? Like, are you bored? Is it just the time you snack? Is your stomach growling? Are you low in energy? Like, do you have any other hunger cues presenting themselves? And if the answer is no, then maybe you're just thirsty. So let's try drinking something first, right? If we are just trying to break a habit, again, I really recommend working with a coach to break a habit. A breaking habit is hard. You need support. You need someone in your corner. You need somebody to like hold you accountable and to give you ideas of how to get out of that, right? Otherwise, you would have done it by now. <laughs> yeah, so, if it was easy, you would have done it on your own. Right? <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so getting out of the habit of snacking at night, talk to your coach, get some ideas. I always tell my clients like, okay, well, what are you snacking on at night? Is it salty or sweet? And then from there, well, what are some other ideas that we could potentially put in that are going to be better choices for you? Now, can we take it to an every other night thing? How about every three nights? Like, can we try and wean it out completely? And just, it takes time to break those habits. So that's something that a concierge coach can really help you with. Because even on basic, like if you're on an app, you can always just hide it or lie or whatever. You don't have somebody being like, hey, Crystal, (laughs) how's the snacking? How's that been going? Have you been ignoring the yeah. chocolate or eating it? <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think that's so powerful to think about the fact that it's not just about willpower. And I feel like society tells us it's willpower. Like you should just mm-hmm. be able to turn it off. You should just be able to ignore it. And and there's so much more going on here. It's so much more complex. And I really like how you kind of show that, how you're visually kind of explaining all of these different things that are going into it. It really helps to show that. Yeah, it's very complex. It's not just willpower, you know, 
And people like to dumb down or simplify things that are not simple, right? Like otherwise everybody would do it, would be doing everything right. And everybody would be in their peak physical state and nobody would be stressed and the world would be great. So, I mean, that sounds there's lovely. just a lot. I know, right? <laughs> so easy. So easy, yes. <laughs> so I don't know why. <laughs> and we wouldn't even have jobs. So. <laughs> right? there's, a lot, there's a lot that goes into it. You gotta, you have to be able to really, there's a part of it where you've got to be able to have a come to Jesus talk with yourself and your coach can help you come to that truth. What is really going on here? And, you know, sometimes it just is like, well, my body needs more. Like, are you an athlete? Are you working out really hard? Is there something else going on where you're feeling under fueled or undernourished? Then great, let's address that. But you can't really delve into those things on your own without getting just like kind of caught in the mess of it, right? Like those little flow charts with the bubbles where you're like, yes. could be this, could be this, could yes. be this, right? We need the coach to bring you back down into center. And so that's why it's so helpful to get in and even work with a coach for just a little bit to try and identify those things or a therapist or a life coach or whatever it is, whatever works for you and your situation. But there is usually, and when I say usually, I mean 99.9% of the time, something else behind it. We're not just looking at, I like snacks, right? Like I love popcorn. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's a very good point. And for people who are kind of just like, they don't have a coach. They're just trying to figure this out. What kind of strategies, what types of strategies would you recommend for people who are just trying to get their arms wrapped around this to avoid eating from stress? Sure, sure. So I was actually talking to a friend about this the other day because he is a huge snacker. Like he <laughs> snacks all night long, like just crazy snacks all the time. And he's got kids and he's just like, they always have snacks. So I just want to eat them all the time. And kids so have good snacks. Slow, right? <laughs> they're, so, they're salty, they're sweet, they're everything. Exactly. <laughs> they're in tiny boxes that yes. you're like, I don't feel so bad about eating this. <laughs> so I was telling him, I'm like, okay, well, first of all, put the kids stuff in a kid's bin and mm -hmm. label it kids. Like that is not for you. <laughs> okay. Don't do that. Secondly, prepare things ahead of time that you're going to go reach for. So we know you're going to snack. It's something that happens every night. Like we can't just be like, don't do it. There's no one there to hold you accountable. You're going to do it. Right. So let's just preemptively address it. So I told them to cut up fruit and cucumber with some like salt and lemon on it and like some little veggie sacks and put it in just like little open containers in the fridge so that when he opens his fridge or looks in his pantry or whatever it is like we've got the healthy things right there they're ready they're accessible they're quick it's easier than opening something up and getting into <laughs> something bad right like yes. it's already pre-measured he can just grab it and eat it and not feel so like okay, well, I did something horrible again, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So replacing things with little accessible, healthy items would be the first step. And then just from there, again, like I said, maybe you can go to every other night you do something. Another thing I love for people to do is pre-fill water bottles with like some water, some 
fruit inside of it, maybe to make it a little bit more flavorful and pre-fill it, put it across the top shelf in your fridge. So you open it, it's right there, grab a bottle, drink it if you're hungry. Another thing, leave, go outside. Yeah. <laughs> like remove yourself from the situation. It's summer, right? A lot of people are living in states where the sun doesn't even go down till 10 o'clock at night. Like go outside, go on a walk. If you can't walk away from your kids because they're sleeping, like I put my kids down at 630 because mama needs time. <laughs> they go to bed. I go sit on my back porch and do the rest of my work or like just walk around outside and do calls or whatever it is. But you're moving, you're walking. If you've got a treadmill, get on your treadmill instead. Get some movement in because that's going to release those feel good hormones as well. Like getting your heart rate up for over 10 minutes. That's going to release that, right? Do a quick workout. See if you still want something afterwards. Maybe it will be satisfied by the, the hormone release that you get from moving. Oh, such great ideas. So many wonderful ideas. Is there anything else you want to make sure people know about stress eating? It's not your fault, though. <laughs> it's not, though. We're kind of hardwired. It's not your fault, and I'm here for you. <laughs> no, but really, we are. So stress eating is so, so tough. It's I think that out of everything, and like my, my mom and my brother are horrible with this, big emotional stress eaters. And it is so prevalent. And especially since we've been locked in our homes for so long, right? We're just there like, I'm bored. What should I do? Grab something from the pantry. And now in the era of Instacart and like a bunch of, you could, you know, DoorDash and Grubhub, you can just have those snacks delivered. So really the best thing to do is enroll someone else in the process of trying to cut it out, whether that be coming on for coaching or doing something with your spouse, like a challenge, a 30 day challenge with your spouse to cut out the snacking or make the snacks better or alternating healthy snack exercise each night, something like that, right? You're doing it together. You have somebody else, a partner in crime. That's not going to let you slip though. You got to hold each other accountable. Yeah. You got to have if somebody that's going to be tough. Let you, right. <laughs> if your spouse is going to give in, don't do it with your spouse. <laughs> Find a friend or maybe somebody who's not your friend and do it with them. Find so a non-friend. Like yeah, find somebody that's not a fan of you. <laughs> so they'll be like, don't eat this now. <laughs> but something like that, a neighbor, someone else, somebody else in your family that you know snacks a bunch and then you can hold each other accountable. You know, be um, prepared. That makes me think of the fact that we have that MetPro Facebook group. There's probably people in there that would be willing to be your accountability partner, even if 100%. you may not know them, but I, I'm sure they've been through the same thing. They would love to help you. Exactly. Exactly. And honestly, there's so many clients that are like in the same areas and what my own personal goal is to one day get everybody together so we can do something cool. That would be so but amazing. So cool to like have like a supportive, just like together event. We'll see, right? We're still in <laughs> pandemic times. We'll see, fingers crossed. But the Facebook group is a great virtual way to have an accountability buddy. I used to do something like that with workouts during the pandemic when I was pregnant. It was a pregnancy 
workout group and we would all hop on Zoom in the morning and do a workout together and hold each other accountable. And you're in your first trimester, you're so tired that you fall asleep everywhere. You don't want to work out. So it was like, okay, everybody just get on. Right. So things like that. <laughs> yeah. Accountability buddies that are going to be like, hey, I noticed you're not on. Where are you? Stuff like that. Do check ins with somebody, but have support and realize, recognize that. There's more that goes into it than just like, I'm just not a strong person. It's nothing about that, right? There's a lot of chemicals at work there, right? Hormone, life circumstances. Give yourself some grace, but also better is better. So move in a better direction, right? I always tell my clients, I want progress over perfection. Keep getting better. I love that. I love that. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time today, Kat. Listeners, <laughs> listeners, that is all for this week. You can find all the MetPro Method episodes anywhere you get podcasts, or you can go to metpro.co slash podcast. Please be sure to follow the show and rate and review. That lets other people know what they can expect from the show. You can also learn more about MetPro at metpro.co. I'm your host, Crystal O'Keefe, and I'll be back next week. Until then, remember, consistency is key.